everyone. Welcome to Susquehanna Valley Church Podcast. My name is Matt Saxinger, and I get to serve as head pastor here. Hey, we want to help you think about stuff you should be thinking about and talk about stuff you got to talk about. Um, not just go through life avoiding tough topics and, and uh, you know, overlooking things that are going to be important. And this week is no exception to that. We've got somebody I'm very thankful for, for joining us for. Um, Eric, why don't you go ahead and say hello? Hey, everybody. This is Eric. <laughs> and thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, Eric, Eric uh, is uh, he's on staff here. Uh, does a lot of stuff helping out and in a lot of different ways. And he also, uh, you've got, a, this is your part-time job. It but is. you give a full-time heart, which I love. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, but what do you do the rest of the week for, for somebody who might not know? I'm a counselor with the Salvation Army's Adult Rehabilitation Center in Harrisburg. And you've been doing that for how long? Oh, it's coming up on 21 years this summer. Wow. Yeah. I I miss the days when, like, 21 was how old I was, not how many years it was till something happened in my life. Yeah, well, we're coming up. You know, we, we take people into our rehabilitation program 21 and over. Okay. So I'm coming up on the time where I will have a wow. resident in our program who will have been born after I started working there. Wow. Wow. That's like Tom Brady playing in the NFL with, like, kids of guys who were his teammates. That's, that's crazy. You yeah. are Tom Brady right now. If only. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's got to be – yeah. That, that's – wow. That's interesting. Um, we we could definitely I would have questions about that, but I, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask questions down that line, so we'll, <laughs> we'll skip over that. Um, so on a day to day basis, like you're interacting with people, you're hearing their story, you're 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 doing what you're trying to connect their story with a, a greater story. Like what's your what's your mo? Yeah, well, our 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 primary job is really to help people connect with Jesus Christ. Sure. I mean, we the Salvation Army is a church. It's a spiritual thing, right? And uh, so people are coming to us, presenting to us with drug and alcohol problems. Yeah. But and we're addressing those problems, mm-hmm. but we're helping, mm-hmm. trying to help them point to a deeper issue of there's a spiritual issue going on here as well. Is that a tough thing for people to admit, or are they pretty open to it? Because at that point, I mean, you're all they got. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, Nobody who comes to us is unaware that we're a church. We make that very clear before like, they come to us. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, we don't talk about blindside them yeah. with the Bible. <laughs> um, so, so when they come to us, they're they're aware that we're a church and that there's going to be a spiritual aspect to our program. Sure, but they're at very different places of where they are with that and and how open they are to a relationship with God. Yeah, I love it. Hey, this is a little plug you did not see coming. Why should people give clothing and donate stuff to the Salvation Army? Yeah. So uh, there's lots of places to donate clothing, and and they all do good things. Well, most of them do good things. Um, The Salvation Army, we have in the central Pennsylvania area, we have five thrift stores, one in Lebanon, one in York, one in Lancaster, one in Camp Hill, and one in Harrisburg. And it's the revenue from those thrift stores that pays for our rehabilitation program. We are completely self-funded. So any donated items, whether you have it picked up at your house or you drop it off in one of our bins or in our stores, that money, those things are sold in our thrift stores, and the revenue from that goes to pay for our rehabilitation yeah. program as well as helping some other uh, Salvation Army sure. programs in the area. Well, it's it's great to make that connection that, hey, this thing that I don't have any use for anymore, um, 
you, you know, this is going to go towards helping somebody to get free from a, a cycle of addiction and more importantly, connect them with their creator so they get the answers they're really looking for. Um, so I love that. Um, I love that idea that I, I, and I didn't know a lot of those like closed drop off bins were just kind of like people were actually making money off of those. There are for profit kinda, bins out there. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to think about, but that's, that's not really why we're here. I just, um, that was a cool thing that um, you had shared some with me that I wanted to bring out there that this is a good way to handle some of that, that extra stuff that you got around the house and it, it'll do some good stuff. Um, so I wanted, wanted to ask you this question. So right now in the context is we've got the, the whole quarantine, self-quarantine, social distance. These are all you know buzzwords going around us right now. Um, and, and there's some truths from what you do that I think impact any any scenario, not just quarantine virus, but any situation that that is really uh, a difficult one for us. So I, I want to shoot this question at you. Um, in your counseling over 21 years, if you can remember back all the way back through, how much of your advice goes back to the issue of fear? It's huge. <clears throat> fear is a natural response. I mean, we're, we're wired internally to respond to threats around us. And so it's a natural, normal response. If you're walking in the woods and a bear jumps out, there's a process that goes on in your brain to protect you, and that, that's a fear-based process. And that's a right. good thing. It's there to protect you. Yeah. The problem comes in is when we, um, you know, when we perceive threats where there maybe aren't any. Sure. Um, or we're legitimate threats, like what's going on right now. That's a very valid yeah. reality. Yeah. Um, but we take those legitimate threats and we catastrophize them to something bigger than they are. Wow, that's an interesting. Well, what do you mean by catastrophize? Well, I don't even think I said that right. <laughs> and, <laughs> we'll and spell yeah, that for you down below. <laughs> you know, it's tough because when we, I, I don't mean to suggest that uh, what's happening in the country now is catastrophizing by any stretch. No, of the and I don't. I don't think that I get that impression. Yeah. But but so. But what I mean is when we make things bigger than they are because our fears, uh, we. we respond based upon emotion rather than intellect. Is that a protective mechanism in, in your Yeah. In a Quote normal protective in a normal functioning way, yeah, it's a protective system. Okay, so what's uh, uh, what is the non-normal protect cuz I'm sure what you see are some protective quote protective measures that are actually detrimental to yeah. people. So so talk to me about that. All right. So those those of us who who react to a threat and we react to protect ourselves. That's wisdom. That's, that's being smart about things. Right. 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 Um, but if you have a history of trauma or if you grew up in an environment that was very chaotic or confusing uh, or traumatic, oftentimes that leaves us very hypersensitive to threats. Okay. And what we do is we, we end up perceiving threats where there really is very little threat and we react accordingly. All right. So this is a story that comes to my mind. Um, when I was a kid, I was, I was bullied on the bus. And so every day, sixth grade, getting on and off the bus, there was a guy named Bobby who, who was going to punch me in the head the second that I wasn't looking. And so this happened, this condition to me. I go to seventh grade, middle school, so different building, not even around Bobby anymore. And this other guy comes up to me, and he's just joking around, and he he like goes to to pretend to punch me, 
um, with, and he's got like a pencil in his hand. So it looks like he's going to like hit me with the pencil. And I like big time react, he sticks the pencil in my hand accidentally. He wasn't going to go anywhere near me with it. And he's like, what's wrong with you that you would flinch that bad? And, and it's like, that's a perfect example. Is there's that a we, reason why. Yeah. There's an emotional process that happens that overrides any intellectual process that that could calm us down or make us think rationally and we react purely on emotion um so you know when we think about threats and we think about you know what we're going through right now as a country that there's a very valid real situation going on that we need to be wise we need to be proactive we need to be careful about but then you have aisles of toilet paper missing that may be a little bit of an overreaction right (laughs) i confess we did buy one big size of costco toilet paper mostly because we just needed it but i did feel like man everybody's you know but yeah so that's there that's part of what we're we're dealing with right now so how do you like a how do you recognize it and then b like how do you overcome it because it's not it's not always healthy if you're flinching when there's nothing to flinch about, that's that's throwing you off in life. You're not enjoying what God has you for you to enjoy or, or doing what God has for you. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but go ahead. Yeah, well, that's a hugely important question. I'm not sure that we can – that would take like three or four or five podcasts okay. to answer. Um, <laughs> I mean, I might be game for that, but <laughs> give, give me the synopsis. Basically – We can come back to it if we need you to. You know, most of us in society function on a very normal reactive level to threats, and, and we, we, you know, we are pretty rational about how we do things. But if you're one of those people who find yourselves overreacting to things, or you find yourselves very um, sensitive to threats around you, uh, hypervigilant – and you recognize that maybe you do have a history of traumatic events in your sure. life, and that has, that's going to heighten the possibility. That's going to heighten the possibility about. of that. Um, there is some very great therapy out there that that can help teach some coping skills of how to self-regulate your emotions so that you don't react in those ways. Learn how to yeah. be more aware of of yourself, and you know, th- through that, ultimately bring healing. Yeah, I, I think that's that's an important thing for us to. Again, make it safe to say if that's you, if you're if you're if you use the phrase hypervigilant and you start to notice some of that, and I'm gonna ask you a second in a second how you might notice some of that. But it's okay for you to get help. You mentioned therapy. One on one help is really what you need in that scenario because we can't speak in a podcast or or even like when we do the sermons, like we'll we'll bring up a lot of truth and we'll apply to a lot of places, but to see how it really applies to your life, sometimes that takes an individual conversation. Absolutely. There's um, no way we can possibly address all those things in a, in a broad scope. Sure, sure. Um, and, and we do have some good people we'd love to connect you with who aren't going to judge you, who are just going to you know help uh, connect your story with, with God's story and, and to make some growth there. How would somebody recognize, how would they know if they're hypervigilant? Uh, that's the problem is you rarely know because you just think you're being protective and you just think you're you're reacting sure. normally. Like um, I'm thinking like right now, am I? Like, you know, <laughs> like maybe I am. You're always vigilant. <laughs> I'll, I'll take vigilant. That's yeah. not bad. Uh, but if your emotional response is exaggerated in comparison to the event. Okay. Like your example of, you know, yeah. uh, on that bus, there's mm-hmm. this recognition that you responded an exaggerated way compared to the event that was pre- presented to you. The situation didn't really warrant my emotions or my statements or my actions. Right. 
maybe I didn't need 10,000 bottles of hand sanitizer to make it through. Right, right. You know, yeah, maybe I didn't have to control the way that everybody's thinking about me and go to such efforts to change their opinions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, as we're talking about this, we're kind of steering down a road of, of mental health issues uh, yeah. that, you know, post-traumatic stress kind of issues. Um, but on a broader societal level, I mean, when we take it to a spiritual level, without some sort of spiritual foundation— what do we have left but fear? Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And I think the scriptures bring us to, to one or two places. If we're going to reject the reality of God, we're either going to ignore fear, fear and just, just live a life of, you know, pleasure seeking that has nothing, that's just, that's just avoiding and kind of numbing ourselves to the reality of what awaits us, which is the end of our existence, or we live in fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so so let's kind of pull it back to what what God's word says about this all, um, and just kind of give me maybe a verse that for you or you found somebody else that that helps shape and recenter us in in what we're experiencing. Now, there's a lot of verses. The Bible is full of it because I think it's a huge topic, and the Bible addresses it so much. But one of my favorite things that Jesus said is in John 14, 27. He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Yeah. So contextually, let me just kind of fill you in on what's going on here. Like Jesus has just informed his followers, the beginning of John 14, that, that he's going to leave. Um, he's going to leave this earth. He's going to prepare um, a destiny for us in heaven for anybody who believes in him that we can live after we die. And now he makes a statement, uh, I'm giving you a peace. I mean, I'm giving you a gift, which is which is peace. Um, so what are your thoughts? Like, why, why this one? I've always loved this word, verse because, you know, when I was a younger Christian, I thought I read this and I thought, you know, the peace I give isn't like the world gives. And I mm. thought, you know, there's a lot of people that claim to be pretty peaceful. I mean, you think the Dalai Lama, Mahatma Gandhi, you know, people like that who claim peace and 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 pro- proclaim peace. Sure. But they don't claim Jesus Christ in their lives. And yeah. I thought, what does that mean that he's going to give us a peace greater than what the world gives us? Yeah. But the reality that knowing that our salvation is secure, knowing knowing, yeah, knowing life after death is knowing yeah. life after death knowing yeah. where we're going that this this existence yeah. here on earth is only temporary i yeah. think that's the deepest peace we could possibly have and and i think it's in addition to that this idea that we we know the creator that he Absolutely. cares about us yeah he wants to use us in life for his purposes he he values us and i think so much of that peace just comes from a right perspective of who we are mm-hmm. so that then we have the foundation to live out in the middle of trouble. Yeah. I'll tell you a story as we're talking about this. You know, my father-in-law recently died. Yeah. And a few weeks before he died, he had to have a medical procedure done. And it was one of these things where he had to have it done, but the doctor basically said, you need to have this done. If you don't have this medical procedure done, you're not going to live mm. very much longer. Right. But if you have this procedure done, I don't know that you're going to come out of it. Wow. Wow. And so the doctor said to him, you're really between a rock and a hard place. Mm. And my father said, my father-in-law said to him, no, I'm between a rock and the best place. Wow. And, and he had that perspective that... That's the peace right yeah. there. Yeah. 
Hmm. I mean, the scripture talks about a peace that is beyond, it surpasses the understanding. That's it. Yeah. Right there. Of no, like, this this can only potentially get better for me. Right. The worst thing that can happen to us is actually the best. Yeah. And I I love, uh, what I love about this is that fear and peace are contradictory things. You can't be afraid and have peace at the same time. Absolutely. It's like, you can't be right and you can't be wrong. Um, or you can't be up and you can't be down. It's one or the other, fear and peace. But what Jesus teaches all the way through here and through John 16 and um, is this idea that trouble, while fear and peace aren't contradictory, they are contradictory, trouble and peace are not contradictory. Mm-hmm. That you can still have peace and trouble. Yeah. See, we think fear and trouble, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. But Jesus is saying, no, actually, peace goes better with trouble than fear. Why do you, why do you think he wants us to know that? Because the reality is, this world is not the way it was originally meant to be. We are going to face troubles. And I think you look at Jesus' life, you look at some of the events in his life, and he was angry at the sin and and Mm. disruption in this world. Do you think, you know, the the times when he showed his anger was against uh, hypocrisy, was against people uh, disrespecting God's disrespecting God and God's temple. Sure. Um, you know, you think of the Lazarus story where it said, you know, the, the Mary and Martha were weeping and they were mourning, and it said Jesus groaned. He was moved with—he was deeply moved. And the, the word in Greek there that is used for that groaning is really like the snorting of a horse, you know, when a horse is upset and, and it snorts. Yeah. And so Jesus— in his deeply moved, and his that groaning was was an anger. He was angry at death. Wow, wow. And and so the reality that this world is not the way it's supposed to be. But we do have troubles in this world. And even Jesus, when he was here, was angry at those troubles because the picture of him standing, looking over Jerusalem and weeping and saying, "Oh Jerusalem, my Jerusalem," it's his heart breaking. For the world not, not how being it be. how it should be. And yeah. we all resonate that. Whenever we go through troubles, we say it's not fair. It shouldn't be this way. Yeah. And we all resonate with that sense that it's not supposed to be this way. But Jesus said, you're going to have troubles in this world. You're going to struggle. But look at the bigger picture. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things you worry about. They're going to be taken care of. Yeah, they'll they'll find they'll find their place for sure. I love uh, I love Psalm twenty three, and it's you know every funeral it's requested that that somebody read this because it does bring such comfort mm-hmm. in a time that should be fearful or should should have anxiety with it. But that whole the Lord is my shepherd; I have all that I need. He lets lets me rest in green green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my my strength. And there's, then there's that line in there where as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Yeah. And it's that relationship with Christ, not as we avoid the valley of evil, mm-hmm. <laughs> as we avoid the shallow shadow of death. It's that we walk through it with him in a way that's, that's, and honestly, it's, you talked about fear being natural. This is supernatural. Absolutely. And, and I think it's, it's that power as we, as we, uh, as, as we kind of, give you that to chew on for this week. We just want to say like be a person who in a time of fear understand what you're what you're 
typical tendencies are in response to that. Maybe it's maybe it's being hyper vigilant, or maybe you're maybe you're just somewhat vigilant. But in that vigilance, understand that God has a message for you. He's got a purpose for you. He's got a comfort for you in the middle of any fear. Hey, I want to thank you again for checking in with us. Um, we're so glad that you're you're putting some positive stuff into your head and your heart from God's Word. Um, we want to help you think about stuff and, and talk about stuff that's incredibly important. We're going to check back with Eric on uh, on part two on this uh, this subject here because I think it's worth us diving into a little bit deeper. So thanks for checking us out, and we'll we'll see you back next time.